Hello, and welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. Now onto the show. My name is Erin, Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. So today, I am going to be reading a juvenile novel in verse called Starfish by Lisa Phipps. This book was recently awarded a Prince Honor and that's one of the American Library Association awards that they give out annually. So the Prince Award honors the best book written for teens based entirely on its literary merit. The Prince Committee has one winner and then they can name up to four honor books. And this year, the Prince Award went to the Firekeeper's Daughter and this was one of the honor books. We have this listed in Juvenile, so it was interesting that it won a Prince Award because usually those don't go to books that are on the lower end of the like teen spectrum, but whatever, it is what it is. I love this because it's a novel in verse, and even if you think you don't like poetry, novels that are written in verse form are really fun to read and you can generally get through them pretty quickly. So I'm just going to read you from the front flap so that you have an idea about Starfish. The cover shows a girl in a one-piece bathing suit who is, I'm assuming, floating on top of water and her arms and legs are spread out like a star so she's like a starfish. Ever since she wore a whale swimsuit and made a big splash at her fifth birthday party, Ellie's been bullied about her weight. To cope, she tries to live by her list of fat girl rules, which are all about not standing out, and she's found a haven in her swimming pool, where she feels weightless in a fat-obsessed world. In the water, she can stretch out like a starfish and take up all the space she wants. Ellie finds an ally in her new neighbor, Catalina, a girl who refreshingly doesn't judge, and, in her new therapist, a woman who knows how to laugh at the right things. With these good people buoying Ellie up, it's a lot easier to face the bullies and starfish in real life by unapologetically being her own fabulous self. So, this book confronts fat shaming and its effects head-on and will speak to anyone who's been made to feel less than. Readers will cheer for Ellie as she realizes her own worth and begins to move forward into a hopeful, confident future. Because this is a novel in verse, there's not really chapters, so I'm just going to read for a little bit out of here. I like the little note in the front. It says, To every kid who's ever been told you'd be so pretty or handsome if... You are beautiful now. Just as you are, you deserve to be seen, to be heard, to take up room, to be noticed. So when the world tries to make you feel small, starfish. For just a while, I step down into the pool. The water is bathwater warm, but feels cool compared to the blisteringly hot air. Kick, glide, 
stroke, glide. Side to side and back again, dive under the surface, soar to the top, arch my back, flip, flop. As soon as I slip into the pool, I am weightless, limitless for just a while. Name calling. Eliana Elizabeth Montgomery Hofstein. That's my name. My bestie Viv and my parents call me Ellie or L, but most people call me Splash or some synonym for whale. Cannonball into a pool, drenching everyone, and wear a whale swimsuit to your under the sea birthday party when you're a chubby kid who grows up to be a fat tween and no one will ever let you live it down, ever. Splash is born. Now, whenever I swim, I use the steps to ease into the water, careful not to make waves because the memory of my pool party plays in my head like a video on a loop. It was my fifth birthday. I wanted to be the first one in, so I ran to the edge and leapt into the air and tucked my knees into my chest. Water sprayed up as I sank down. I bobbed to the surface, expecting cheers for the splashiest cannonball ever. That didn't happen. Splash spawned a tsunami, my sister Anias shouted. She almost emptied the pool, my brother Liam chimed in. I dove under, drowning my tears. I wish I could tell everyone how they made me feel that day, humiliated, angry, deeply sad. But every time I try to stand up for myself, the words get stuck in my throat, like a giant glob of peanut butter. Besides, if they even listened, they'd just snap back. If you don't like being teased, lose weight. Fat girl rules. Some girls my age fill diaries with dreams and private thoughts. Mine has a list of fat girl rules. You find out what these unspoken rules are when you break them and suffer the consequences. Fat girl rules I learned at five. No cannonballs, no splashing, no making waves. You don't deserve to be seen or heard to take up room to be noticed. Make yourself small. What, why, who, how, when? The first fat girl rule you learn hurts the most. A startling, scorpion, stinging soul slap. Something's changed, but you don't know what. You replay the moment in your mind from every possible angle, trying to understand why, why the rules exist, and who. Who came up with them and how? How does anyone have the right to tell you how to live just because of your weight? Mostly, you remember the smack of the change. One minute, you were like everybody else, playing around, enjoying life, and then, with the flip of an unseen cosmic switch, you're the fat girl, stumbling, trying to regain your balance, acting as if you know what you're doing, like when you used to play dress-up and tried to walk in high-heeled shoes. The Gift Every time I see a pudgy preschooler, I want to hand her my list, like the answer sheet for a test, to spare her the pain of learning the rules firsthand. But instead, I give each girl the gift of more days, weeks, and months of normal life, whatever that is. Belly's dancing. Viv's mom caught her dad with another woman and said Texas wasn't big enough for the three of them, so now my best friend has to move to Indiana. In my backyard, we live stream the Latin music festival on an outdoor screen as part of her going away party. Viv starts belly dancing like she learned in a class at the Dallas Public Library, where her mom was a librarian. I follow her lead and our arms morph into snakes as our hips figure eight. 
My dog Gigi, a pug, runs circles around us as we sing at the top of our lungs along with the bands and dance with complete abandon. Like you do when you're alone in your room, trying out some new moves or making up some of your own. Except it turns out we're not alone. The new neighbor. Mid-twirl, I open my eyes to see a girl's head pop up over the fence, then disappear and reappear. This trampoline girl saw me shake parts of me I didn't even know I had. What do you think you're doing? I stop dancing so fast I about give myself whiplash. I see her head again. I heard Diaz divertiditos. She says it so quickly, it's like one word. She disappears and reappears. Couldn't help myself. In a flash, she climbs over the fence and lands in front of me. I'm Catalina Rodriguez. A poet and a musician. Catalina points to the concert on the screen. Wow, so you like Diaz Divertidos too? I have all their songs on my playlist. Me too, I say. Who else do you listen to? Don't get Ellie started. Viv rolls her eyes. If eye rolling were an Olympic sport, she'd be a gold medalist. I'm a poet, so I love music because lyrics are sung poems, I say. Rap and country are my faves. I'm a guitarist, Catalina says. I like all music, but love Latin. She chooses her words carefully, like me. But she's not like me. Catalina's skinny like a pancake. I'm more like a three-tiered cake. My fat dar should be sounding the alarm. Why isn't it? The thing about fat dar. Fat dar is a lot like Spider-Man's spidey sense, a sixth sense. Somehow we just know when someone's about to say something hurtful or do something mean. Even in a crowd, I can spot a fat phobe, someone who's grossed out by overweight people. Fat phobes give off this vibe, part discomfort, part shock, part fear, part anger, and all hatred. Shadows. Baila Camingo, Catalina shouts as the next song starts and she dances with us. Teach me that one move, Ellie, she says. Which one? The one where you were kind of kicking your leg while you spun. <sighs> when I dance knowing Catalina's watching, I feel every pound of my legs, see my fat shake, and notice how round my shadow on the grass is next to her angles, so I stop. Fat girl rule. Move slowly so your fat doesn't jiggle, drawing attention to your body. But that uncomfortable in my own skin feeling fades as the music blares and Catalina squeal screams, going all bananas with us during the tribute to Selena. If dance partners were food, Catalina and I would be peanut butter and jelly, cookies and milk, chips and salsa. We're different, but make a perfect combo, heads, hips, and hands moving in sync. Right on cue as the sun sets, the katydids start their singing, fast and furious since their tempo's based on heat, or maybe Selena's bitty bitty bum bum beat. Catalina, dale las buenas noches y ven a casa, a woman calls out. Gotta go, Catalina tells us. Thanks for letting me crash your party. She climbs back over the fence, then trampolines. Can't wait to come over again. Like Picasso. Some people have mood rings. Viv has mood hair. You can always tell how she's feeling based on her hair color. Since she has to move, she's like Picasso in a blue period. Her bottom lip juts out, 
as she pouts, and when she huffs, her stick-straight blonde bangs with blueberry tips stand straight up for a second. What's wrong? I ask when we float in the pool, cooling off after the concert. Today was our last day together, until who knows when, and not only did I have to share you, but I also had to watch while you made a new friend. New friend? Catalina? Is she? Saying goodbye. The stars at night might be big and bright deep in the heart of Texas, but not where we live, thanks to light pollution. Serious. I point to the brightest star, the only visible one. Leave it to you to know the dog star. Notice there are no cat stars. Maybe not in the Milky Way, Viv says, but I'm sure there's a galaxy, more evolved than ours, where cats rule. They'll invade our planet and make all pugs prisoners. Admit you'll miss Oreo. She splashes me with each syllable. Only if you admit you'll miss Gigi, I splash back. When Viv's mom picks her up, we promise to text, video chat, whatever it takes to stay connected. Viv suggests we make a blood oath. I remind her she faints when she sees one drop. We settle for a tame, lame, pinky swear. Viv starts to open the car door, but then throws her arms around me. We cry our goodbyes. Super sleuth. Every kid needs one place they can escape to when life gets to be too much. The pool is my place. Today I've been in the water so long, my fingers look like raisins, but I plan to swim and float for hours more, mourning my first day without Viv and the last day of summer vacation. I love to swim, can I join you? <laughs> Catalina's back on the trampoline. I barely know her, so can I trust her with the pool? I haven't swum with anyone but Viv since the undersea party. I still don't know why Catalina wants to hang around me. Could she be friends with Marissa and Courtney and helping them set me up for a prank? I climb out of the pool and wrap my towel around my shoulders like a superhero cape. Time to activate my sleuth powers. I wish I could keep swimming, but I have to get my stuff ready for school tomorrow. I don't lie. Catalina climbs over the fence. I've been putting it off too. I dread being the new girl. Like Wonder Woman with her lasso, I seek truth. I ask Catalina, you going to go to Kaiser Academy? Is that where you go, Ellie? I nod. I wish, then we'd be together, but I'm going to Bishop Joseph Catholic School. Wonder Woman wouldn't give up until she had all the answers. Neither can I. Wanna get our stuff ready together? I thought you'd never ask. Okay, that's where I'm gonna stop on page 18. Otherwise, I think I would probably just keep reading because like I said, it's so easy to just keep reading these types of books. I hope you check this out. I think that there is a lot of fat shaming that goes on in our society, but in a smaller scale, like in our schools and just kind of when we're around people. So I think this book is really important to um, give us a different perspective. And I, of course, will be sure to link other books in the show notes with similar themes. I'm reminded instantly of Judy Bloom's Blubber. I'm also dating myself because that book is fairly old, but that was my first experience reading a story with a main character who was overweight. 
I'm not saying that that is the best book to compare Starfish to. It's just the one that is popping into my mind right now. Anyway, I hope that you join me next time for another Next Reads. And thanks so much.